administration know that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Your argument is that that any price has been way too high a price. How so? Well, we have had 13 years of war now. A lot of people have gotten into the war on terror in order to make a lot of money or to gain status or power, both in the government and outside the government. Did it have to be this way? Could it have been at some point avoided before it all happened? Well, I mean, there's lots of points at which we made choices. We decided to invade Iraq. We decided to invade Afghanistan. Uh, We've occupied both those countries. Then we began, uh, you know, remote uh, battles across other countries. And we built a huge infrastructure uh, for what we call homeland security here at home. And so we've had an enormous, uh, just hundreds of billions of dollars poured into national security, homeland security, and what I call the home, what, what I call the new homeland security industrial complex. That is a play on Dwight Eisenhower's famous phrase, the military-industrial complex, coined amid the Cold War. Risen describes a new apparatus for a new war built in parallel and almost entirely in secret, but with a staggering price tag. There are estimates that the entire war on terror, if you count Iraq, Afghanistan, all of the other things we've done, both domestically and internationally, have have cost about $4 trillion. And that is an enormous transfer of wealth into a new sector of the economy, which is security. And and, and you describe so many examples of how this has happened. You've got chapter after chapter. Picking out a couple of them, there's one where you talk about certainly money stolen from Iraq. There's another, an operation called Alarbus, where it's named for the Shell Company that was created by the Pentagon, uh, their Special Operations Command. Uh, They created their own spy agency. Right. Why was that necessary? Why why weren't they able to work with the CIA? Oh, and I'll have the rest of that in the unfiltered supporters sync. A lot of good stuff in the overtime folder this week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the unfiltered supporter show. A couple more of these where we're doing the supporters only format for a little bit. And <laughs> I'm going to wait. Chase is on his way right now. Glimpses. He's like probably pulling up right now. Uh, Unfilter destroyed all of my computers today. All of my computers. Well, almost all. Um, so I'm going to tell you about that coming up in a little bit. But So we're staying in supporter show only for probably until I get back from Ohio Linux Fest and I have a chance to get things done. So we got a lot of ground to cover today. The supporter show generally covers a lot of stuff besides just the main, 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 really thick stuff of the week. So we got some of that we're going to get to. That overtime folder, though, a lot of really good stuff in there this week. And I think more of you, you know, I've been moving around the BitTorrent sync. And I think more of you should grab the BitTorrent sync because I'm about to move a lot of this stuff around and probably screw something up. I could use your backups. I could use your support. So go grab the key on the Patreon page. Hey, buddy. <clears throat> jeez, jeez, that's big, Chase. That's big. Right? Right? You got it on my switcher. Gross. Uh, I forget the name of it. Sorry. Uh, okay, you, you, I'll take your word for it. So Chase is here, everybody. Chase just got here. Hi, Chase. Here, you get set. Maybe I'll play us a clip while you uh, you get set up. 
Uh, okay, we got boy, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Let's talk about. Let's start with uh, this. Is just one. We got just going to play the clip so we have it in the show. Something's going on here. Uh, but you, I know you were all concerned on what the hell's going on in North Korea. But we got the latest for you. Your unfilters on top of it right now here on the show. It says that Kim Jong Un has appeared at two events. It says he was seen quote giving field guidance at a newly built scientist residential district, and on the same day. He visited a natural energy institute and the State Academy of Sciences. KCNA says at the Academy of Sciences event, he had a photo session with a group of scientists. But so far, we have not seen the photo or any images of any of these events. And CNN cannot independently confirm the appearances. Now, the North Korean state media does not give a date when Kim's so-called field guidance was given. If he did surface, though, it would be his first public appearance in about 40 days. That's a new record for Kim. Just a couple of days ago, a U.S. intelligence official had told us that they were concerned when Kim was not seen at at the anniversary of the founding of the ruling Workers' Party. That was Uh on Friday. Uh His public disappearance has led to all Uh sorts of speculation Uh that he was not in control of the regime, Uh that something was amiss. Even with these latest reports of him surfacing, there are a lot of questions, few answers at this moment. Yeah, we want to see pictures. We want to see video. Uh, his yeah. health <laughs> has been a big question, Brian. That's right. There's right, video Wolf. of him from over the summer. It's right here. It shows him with a visible limp. There are reports that he had gout. All right. Do you, got any, uh, do you have any bacon on what's going on uh, there in North Korea, Korea uh, They have uh, the world's only one-star airline service. I was reading an article huh. about that earlier today. Good insight. Yeah, Good that's insight. about that's a little bit more than what Wolf had. All right, I guess I got. I want to see videos of this guy. I want to see pictures. I want to see tweets. I got one more softball before we get into the harder stuff. Do you want to? Do you want the softball? You know what? Let's play this. And then I got a little technology rant. So, oh, oh this wait, first a clip, ra- wait, a rant from you? Oh well, let me tell you. <laughs> so this first clip will open up our uh, our technology section in the show today, yeah, and then uh, we'll discuss this, and then I'll tell you what happened. What the hell happened to me today? We're- Backlash growing here in this country after those controversial comments from Microsoft's CEO telling women. In- you hear about this? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I've known. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. In the I audience, got don't ask for a raise. Trust karma. Tonight, what he's now saying, and we hear from women who were in the audience. Here's ABC's Paula Ferris. Tonight, Microsoft's new CEO under fire for these comments at a women's tech conference. It's not really about asking for the raise, but knowing and having faith that the system will actually give you the right raises as you go along. Satya Nadella's advice for working women asking for a raise? Don't. That's good karma. It'll come back. Because somebody's going to know that's the kind of person that I want to trust. That's the kind of person that I want to really give more responsibility to. Some of the women in that room telling us they were stunned. I don't believe in karma. I can't pay my rent with it, and I certainly can't invest it in my 401k. And online, swift criticism too. Lisa Bloom tweeting, Dear sexist Microsoft CEO, I never got anything in life by sitting quietly on the sidelines. Neither did you. Women in America make up nearly half of the workforce. Yet for every dollar a man earns, they make just 78 cents. And experts suggest that... I think that actually has been uh, debunked, but... It has. uh, So I don't want to get into that, though. Can you you believe he said that? Well... I I love like his backpedaling. You know, yeah, he sent yeah. the email like to that night. Yeah, yeah, that night. But it's one of those situations where you know, you know, I work in the corporate culture. I you know for a good chunk of my life, and I I'm a male, and I haven't asked for raises. 
but the way you justify, you know, your worth is by, you know, doing key points and yeah. key projects and you present right. that and you see yeah. what happens. Do you think that's what he was trying to say? Kinda. I I yeah. mean, but the other thing too is his first answer is sometimes, you know, you're honest one and so Yeah. See, and I think I think what I would have liked to maybe maybe I what I would like to give him credit is think that what he was trying to say No, you know, I can't. Because really, what he, what he should have said is, you need, you know, you need to be your best advocate. Like right. women need to have the confidence to pursue the career that they want to, you know, pursue, right. and that you should feel free to do that, or something like that. Like that, I could understand if he was trying to say something like that, but that's not what he was trying to say. No, he no. was kind of just saying, "Be quiet, and and everything should work out." And kind of what it, it happens, like. it'll happen. I mean, some of the data, you know. By the way, you know, the whole women make less thing uh, for the same job that a man will do. I mean, I don't have the hard data in front of me, but, you know, you know, women do take off more time uh, for, you know, for health, for uh, for raising kids and family and stuff. Uh, the average time that a woman spends, you know, in her career path is less than a man. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be sexist or anything. These are just, you know, these are already been discussed and, and things like that. So, gosh, but, yeah, when you have a CEO of a Fortune, you know, 100 company, up there on a stage saying karma, that's not the right answer. Yeah, yeah, it really seems like that's a pretty big <clears throat> blunder. And um, it's a pretty hot topic right now. You know, this is something that people are thinking a lot about, and I think uh, it's it's an area that's under an extreme amount of scrutiny. And so to blow it like that, right. uh, and, and the problem is, is it's not just... It's like it's 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 under extra scrutiny in the technology sector. But do you think if, say, uh, Marissa Meyer was up there, CEO of Yahoo, was given the exact same question and gave a very similar answer, would there be brushback because it was spoken by a female CEO as opposed to a male CEO? That's almost I almost can't even imagine because I just don't believe that. You don't you don't think Marissa would say something like that? Like, you know, women, you know, do work hard and trust your faith in the system no 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 because i think there is probably in a lot of cases a a, a headwind they're they're fighting against yeah and that they do need to be their best at ad- their own best advocate totally so totally. i don't and i can't imagine that, that a woman who's been through that would ever say something like that because she would have experienced that yeah i i don't know it's it's a weird question i don't think there would too. be as much blowback though yeah but, but it's also a weird question because you know, with everything being weighted and calculated and reviews are very, very statistical based, you you know, you've done X amount of work or this or that or whatever the case may be, a lot of those metrics, they they automatically institute raises depending on how you are rated. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, you don't go to the boss and say, you know, hey, hey, Sacha and Sacha Nadella, hey, Sacha, you know, hey, you know, I've done really well for you. Can I get a raise? You know, it doesn't work like that. The other thing I thought maybe he was saying was in the meta sense, like you should be able to have the confidence that the system like, yeah, you shouldn't. I can. I almost wonder, like, if what he was saying is you shouldn't even have to worry about that because it's it's my problem to make sure that you can just trust in the system that if you're a good worker, the system will take care of you and you shouldn't have to worry what you need to do differently because you're a woman. Like Maybe that's what he was saying. I can almost see that. The underlying issue, though, (laughs) still, I think, in my opinion, is the, the huge earnings gap between yeah. CEOs and executives yeah. and normal workers at companies. Right. There's still a the, – the, the gap is unex, unexplainable to me still to this day. Yeah. 
and it's just gotten worse yeah. and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question that really should be addressed. All right. So you want to hear about my technology disaster? What happened to you, buddy? Do you so, need a hug? Oh, I'll man. I'll give you a hug. And maybe a little, little ice, Jay. Well, you're, well you, hey, you're not wearing shorts. So uh, I've been, I set up a new home server. Oh. It's gone really well. Okay. Based on a NUC. Okay. Yeah, you were telling me about this last week. And um, got some of the BitTorrent Sync stuff moved for okay. Unfilter. All right. Cool. And so right now on all my systems, because my Dropbox is so huge, and part of the reason why I have such a big-ass Dropbox is because I have a whole bunch of unfiltered clips, because I'm clipping it at the house, oh, I'm yeah, clipping at the studio, I'm, it all I'm clipping on the road, right? I'm clipping yeah, it totally. all over the place. Yeah. So it gets real big, but you know how what I do is I use Selective Sync on all my systems. Oh, okay. So none of my systems have my whole Dropbox, because it's, it's... Yeah, it it's would like, be too much. It's like 25% of a terabyte, so I don't know what that works out to be, but it's a lot. And since all my systems are SSDs, like space is a premium, right? Space is a premium, so I don't bring down the whole Dropbox. So I'm setting up this new home server, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I want a canonical reference of my Dropbox. I want everything in one spot on my NAS, because my home server syncs to the NAS, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking... I'll do this, so that way I have one spot, I can go on the network, everything's there, plus Angela can get to all the Jupiter bar- Broadcasting art assets for any project she's working on, okay. and and we can go, this will work perfectly. Okay. So I set up Dropbox on the server, and I, you know what, I say, you know what, I'm just going to set up regular, don't use Selective Sync. Don't use it, I say. I say, just bring the whole, you know, like a regular Dropbox user might, right? Oh. Whoa! Hi. I, I just bumped the uh, volume thing because I got a little upset. I, I have a bad feeling growing in me. Did you hear that? That music there was the uh, was the uh, that was the buildup of the tension. I know, yeah. no, no, but I, I have another feeling growing in All me. All right, but so here it goes. So please, uh, please don't let this grow be happening. Angela, Angela creates some folders in my in the Dropbox on the on the NFS okay. uh, mount, and I noticed they don't sync up to my other rigs. Hmm. Okay. So Dropbox has an update, so I figure, okay, I'll install this update and I'll restart the Dropbox service. Okay. So I restart the Dropbox service. Uh-huh. And this is about 10 o'clock last night. I went to bed about 10.45, 11. Okay. And I start seeing uh, 500 files added to your Dropbox, 600 files added to your Dropbox, 700 files added. And then I noticed that they're all camera uploads. They're like really old pictures from my camera upload that wasn't on my other machines. I was like, oh, geez, that's weird. Yeah. So then I go to bed. Okay. You wake up. I wake up. I check the news. Don't really notice much going on, but you know, I was I was dealing with the kids this morning. I get into the studio, start doing getting set up for Tech Talk today, and I notice that all the computers in the studio have something in common. They all have an out of disk space war- error message. All of the computers: my Bonobo laptop, the Nuckintosh, the iMac here that runs the mixer, oh, the recording God. machine over there, oh, God. my laptop, my workstation, oh, up, my Archbox upstairs, Dropbox. So what it had done is any everything in the unfilter. Uh, clips folder yeah. in the show notes folder that I had marked as don't sync. For some reason, on that Dropbox installation on my home server, it, it thought they were new folders again. So it re-uploaded them to all of my computers. Oh man! And so when when you get a new folder, they just automatically opt you into those new folders. Yeah. And what's weird now is I go into Dropbox. The folders are unchecked, but they exist on the file system. So now I don't know what happens if I delete those folders. I don't know if they'll be deleted out of Dropbox entirely. Oh gosh. Yeah. So I, I mean, I have I have. You yeah. know the unfilter saved to the NAS, but so, so essentially all of the clips I've ever gotten for unfilter went down. To, so the problem with that is, of course, it's Wednesday. Yeah, this is the day I'm putting all the clips together, which takes a ton of disk space to edit all the clips and you know record yeah, sections yeah. out and save them around. So 
before I can even start working on the show today, I've got to go around to all the machines and clear off all the hard drive space. And then, you know, what's worse is, like, Dropbox has, like, these cache folders that it saves stuff when yeah. you remove it. Yeah. So, like, it just... And then my machine... Well, this The file system on this machine is ButterFS, and when it gets full, it gets... The whole machine locks up, so it was locking up during Tech Talk today when, oh, while I'm on the gosh. air. It was the worst, Jace! It was the worst. Hashtag first world problems. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's with and so so between BitTorrent Sync and and Dropbox, I got stuff everywhere. Chase is just the worst. Oh, you know what? What, what did we do without Woo! cloud-based services? Yeah, man? buddy. Yeah, all right. Maybe so, it's just time to go back to that. Uh, so uh, okay, how about uh, b- while we're talking about before we close out the technology section, <laughs> let the FBI, uh, your buddy, my good friend, Kami, has been going around the head of the FBI, and he's really, literally, going state to state making the case against iOS 8 encryption. Have you seen this? So CBS does a little coverage wow. of it, and they bring in your buddy, Mike Morell. The FBI director slamming Apple and Google this morning. Those tech giants are making smartphone data off-limits law enforcement, even with a court order. Apple CEO Tim Cook told me last month on my PBS program that his business is not interested in people's information. Our view is when we design a new... Uh, service. We try not to collect data. So we're not reading your email. We're not reading your iMessage. If the government laid a subpoena on us to get your iMessages, we can't provide it. It's encrypted and we don't have the key. And so so it's sort of the, the door is closed. Yeah. You buy that? No. Not really. Now, he is I mean, the CEO part, of a I mean, publicly traded I mean, company. I, so. mean, I mean, here's the thing, right? I mean... Oh, is that your uh, OnePlus? Yeah. Huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have uh, iMessages on so here. So when, uh, when do you get uh, Android L on that? Uh, I don't know. I guess Pro- once Google open sources it. Right. Which right now there's some hashes. That could stuff. be maybe what? Maybe it'll probably open source it... What, a week? February? <laughs> February? Really? L? So this is where it sucks no, to be on something the, like Cyanogen. Nexus and yeah, all I that, bet but. you it's not till January, February. Maybe they, they promised they'd be quicker. Anyways, back to this. Yes. Uh, here's my here's my theory yes. on the uh, on the Apple stuff. Yes. Based on the reading I have done, I believe it is true to an extent. Um, so iMessage is kind of neat uh, in the sense that when you if you had an iPhone and I had an iPhone and you sent me a message... It actually does client-to-client encryption. Our iPhones are actually handling that encryption. Okay. Uh, not the iMessage service. All right. So uh, that's a really cool thing. The thing that's little, that sounds a little bit tricky about it is it sounds like Apple has the ability to inject a, a key into that that the phone would just accept. And so Apple could add themselves to the conversation if they wanted to. However, so, they, so that they would be like a middleman, so so to speak. Right, but it, based on the research I was reading, it looks like you know that read receipt functionality. Yeah. If Apple did that, you would actually see if somebody else was reading the message. Based on the way the system works, it does, there doesn't appear to be a way to block that functionality. But would you be able to de- decide, dissect who read your message? No. No, but you would just notice. Wait a minute, I didn't read that. I mean, that would be your best bet. But yeah. Uh, so I think Apple, technically, if there was some sort of like Jack Bauer moment, I think they have the ability. Yeah, but remember, the government's already taking everything ever anyway, right? The prism, right? They're just slicing it down the middle. Don't know. We don't really have a full picture of what they're taking, and if it's SSL protected, do they have? Is this smart? So at the end of the day, what it, what I'm yeah. saying is, iMessage is SSL protected. It sounds like Apple though has the ability to add them to the conversation if they needed it, to. It, it feels like to me. The, with with the the whole government doing a full court pr- 
press on, you know, like, oh, we don't like what Apple's doing here. Yeah. And they've been very public and vocal about it. Yeah. It makes me feel like they're that, yeah, you know, maybe it is that they can't. So get the into FBI it. is starting to call it, check this out, and that's what they're okay. going to get into. The All FBI right. is starting to call the uh, encryption that the iPhone is offering and L, but they're not as vocal about Android L for some reason. Um, but they're starting to say it could be a national security threat. Oh, God. In an interview report last night, 60 Minutes, James Comey said those limits threaten national security. The notion that people have devices, again, that with court orders based on a showing of probable cause in a case involving kidnapping or child exploitation or terrorism, we could never open that phone. My sense is that we've gone too far and we've gone there. CBS News senior security contributor Michael Morell is a former CIA deputy director. Michael, good morning. Not just a former, the former. The man actually ran the CIA for a little while. Morning. So with Tim morning, Cook said, Tim Cook said encrypted, and they don't have the key. How different is this new software when it comes to privacy? So what what Apple has done here is created an operating system that allows the user to choose an encryption system for which only the user has the key. Nobody else does. Not Apple, not anybody else. So the user decides who gets to see that, and that's what Jim Comey is worried about. I want to underscore, we're just talking about the backups of the iPhone here. Right. Okay? They're not very clear about that, but they're talking about if you encrypt the iPhone data and then you take, like, a backup of it. Right. And, and you, which you have the option of doing in iTunes, right. you yeah. can encrypt. Yeah. It's a, go ahead. Well, do you think that this new level of privacy amounts to a national security threat, as the FBI director said? So, Nora, I, I understand um, Jim's concern, but there's actually two aspects of security here. It's not just one-dimensional. Um, the second dimension, which Jim didn't really talk about, is cybercrime, cyber hacking is growing. And people want to be able to protect the information on their electronic devices. You know, and this is, I think, the biggest mismatch because D- James Comey, he's out there constantly talking about the Internet is the scariest parking lot in the world. Uh, the Internet allows the common criminal to do something in seconds, what you, you know, you used to have to drive across right. the country for. Yeah. He said all these things. Yeah. He said that cybercrime is the biggest threat ever. He said that it is such a fundamental threat that it's as big as the original threat that, co- that, that forced the creation of the FBI. He says at that scale, it's such a large threat that they're, gonna, they're, they're creating the FBI themselves, their own intelligence agency. This is all clips we've played on this show. Yep. So if cybercrime and cyberterrorism is such a threat, as he says, then don't we need the absolute best protections possible from a threat of that magnitude? Right. <laughs> so it, 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 his very own argument undermines what's supposedly the most important thing in the entire— Totally. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just—on just, its face, you just—I don't get it at all. And I and I actually—that's what I like about what Morell's saying here is he's like, well, there's, there's two types of security. There's the government security, and then, you know, there's consumers protecting themselves from attackers. Cybercrime, cyber hacking is growing, and people want to be able to protect the information on their electronic devices. Um, and that's really important here, and that's some, something we have to think about. Uh, Michael, I got a, I got a question. Uh, now, this is so scripted, so that was a cut, right? Yeah. And, and then she has a question, and you can tell that basically she had to get this question out regardless of what he was saying, because she's about to say, he said, it, it just, I, I, first of all, just watch that, just, just 
Just, I don't know. And I, it seemed like she wasn't even ready. Right. Like, why, yeah. why do you have to put on your glasses? If you already know what you're going right. to ask. Yeah, it's, it's so fake. Yeah, well, I I just, and listen to what she asked him. It's so dumb. Want to be able to protect the information on their electronic devices. Um, and that's really important here. And that's some, something we have to think about. Uh, Michael, I got a, I got a question. Uh, Apple's cook said uh, that uh, it's encrypted and we don't have a key. And so to, it's sort of the door is closed. Are, are, are you implying that, no, it's not, that, uh, that somebody, the government, uh, hackers, can and will find the key? Jane, what I'm saying is that the only person who has the key is the user. And what I'm saying is that's a bad thing for the FBI. It's a bad thing for the intelligence community. But it's a good thing for the user who's trying to protect his or her data from cyber criminals. Cyber crime now makes as much money um, as the illicit drug trade. What? So this is a very, very big deal. So there's two sides to this security argument here, and I think people have to keep that in mind. Aren't there three sides? I mean, if there are like terrorists involved, Ooh. I think terrorists. there's a that's a pretty significant third terrorists? side, isn't it? Sure. I mean, there's a, there's a national security side. You know, there's criminals and terrorists. And there, then, then there's a protecting your data side. And all of that is important. Um, you know, one of the points I think is worth making here is that there is a very, very long history of law enforcement and the intelligence community having to adapt to new technologies. Um, and there's technologies that create opportunities for them, and there are technologies that create challenges. This is just the latest in a new technology that creates challenges. The FBI, the intelligence community are going to have to figure out how to deal with it. All right, Mike. How remarkably balanced was that? I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, r- I'm rubbing my eyes a little bit. I'm like, did I just hear and see what I just right. saw? Yeah, I mean, it was mean, a very awkward segment, but the message overall was good. Although I think, I think you know, when they did that edit, it was like, why did they drop that whole bomb in there about cybercrime costing as, or earning as much as the worldwide illicit drug trade or whatever? That, you said. Yeah, that was a little strange, but you know, it, I equate it to you know your house. I equate it to your car. You know, you're not going to give the keys to the government. You know, they, they may, they may obviously get a search warrant, right? But right, it's one of those situations where, all right, well, here's the phone. I'm not going to. But here's the, here's the weird thing about it: can they hold you in contempt indefinitely? Let's say you have the new iPhone. Okay, I think there has been a case, and I can't remember which way it went. I remember this, yeah, yeah. And, and this is where it gets really, really. Especially, I, I think it's also it's interesting too because I think it makes a difference when it's a password versus your fingerprint. Oh, really? Yeah, because one's I didn't like know something that. you have, and one is something you know. So, and what are they going to pull your finger over to the phone and force <laughs> you to touch the pad? Maybe. Uh, you know, before we close out the technology oh. section of the show, we should talk about. Uh, this is, I, you know me, you know what it is, is I just love it when the mainstream media covers technology stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know why, maybe I'm a masochist. I well, think because they have to dumb it down for the general audience. Well, and it's, yeah, and it, I, it's fun to just see how they screw it up. So, uh, plus, you know, if they're screwing this up, they're screwing everything up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so here's Russian hackers exploit a software flaw to spy on Ukraine. And I think, let's just, let's just have a mental exercise. Not saying it's this, 
But every time they say it's Russians, let's uh, pretend like it could be the NSA making themselves look like the Russians. And let's pretend like we've just went through yeah. a year of this massive amounts of revelations where the all NSA right. did all this really crazy stuff yeah. like intercept Cisco routers in transit and install malware on yep, them and then yep, get them yep, back yep. all boxed up. Yep. Like that level of crazy yes. NSA. So they do right. lots of really out there stuff. Yep. Let's pretend like we uh, have that NSA. Okay. And right. maybe that it was them that did all of these things. Okay. And remember remember how we spied on Merkel's cell phone and yeah, like we yeah, spied on conferences and yeah, okay. So let's let's pretend like we have that NSA still for a few minutes while we listen to this clip and consider every time they say Russian hackers, it's US hackers. Now not saying it is, but let's just for fun, just mentally do that. Got it. We learned today that computers of the NATO alliance were hacked by Russians who exploited a flaw that they discovered in a Microsoft operating system. Homeland Security correspondent Bob Orr is looking into this. While its troops battled pro-Russia rebels this summer, the Ukrainian government faced a stealth attack on a separate front. Hackers apparently breached government computer networks looking for sensitive intelligence files. A report from the cybersecurity firm iSight Partners. So this is a this is a firm that does these kinds of things and then creates these reports. This isn't like a, in a government office. No, no. Blames this is promotion. Attack- this is a commercial for right. iSight. Attack on Russian hackers. Oh yeah. So so they they blame the attack on Russian hackers. And I want you to hear the solid link. Now remember, the NSA has been caught spying on Angela Merkel. Yeah. We got spot. We we caught on the G summits. Like we've do, we've we've been caught doing all of these things. Yes. So listen to the rationale for why it's Russian hackers. iSight partners blames that attack on Russian hackers who over the last five years have gone after policymakers, defense officials, and diplomats. iSight said targets in the ongoing That's okay. cyber blitz range from energy and communications firms. All right, so we went after Brazil's oil. I yeah. remember that. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. To NATO and governments of the Don't European Union. Ukraine oil, yep. by the way, too. Yeah, and okay, we also spy on case. Union. Yeah. Since all of the victims appear to be... Uh, appear, all the victims appear to be persons of interest of... The United States of America and the National Security Agency. That's probably what he's about to say, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, right? Yeah, Adversaries no. of Russia oh. Oh. believe the hackers are working with the backing oh. of Vladimir Putin's government. Of course. Why of didn't course. they get a picture of him on a bear or the Sandworm team. The Sandworm. Because references to the science fiction series Dune have been found embedded in the code of the malware. The Sandworm spies exploited a flaw in Microsoft Windows and used a common technique called spear phishing. The hacker sent innocent-looking emails, which, when opened, injected malware into the computer servers of the targets. In the case of the most recent breach, Sandworm sent Ukrainian government officials tempting emails, reporting to contain information about pro-Russian agitators. the EU. Microsoft says it's now issued a fix to plug that vulnerability, and cyber investigators are trying to assess how much damage might have been done. While it's clear the hackers breached multiple systems, we don't know, Scott, what they took. Bob Orr in our Washington newsroom tonight. Bob, thanks very much. Thanks, Bob. So, so honestly, while they, you know, they found a flaw, and you know, flaws pop up all the time yeah, in Windows, yeah, yeah. it all goes back to the basic premise of emails. Right? And like, Chris, let me show you this email. Right. Don't open attachments. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Like, what? What, what did they? What, what was the from? Like Vladimir Putin? So, click you, here. So, I, if I recall correctly, the original uh, infection yeah. vector, as they call it, uh-huh. for Stuxnet, you know, the one that went after the. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was a flash object embedded in a Excel spreadsheet that would only be triggered if 
the attachment was opened. So they opened up the Excel spreadsheet, and then from there, it used a vulnerability in Flash, and it infected their, uh, yeah. But, gosh, you know, if you're a government agency, and, you know, you're you're just opening random attachments. I know. I, I don't get this. It's human behavior. That's why the robots eventually will replace us, because yeah. we'll be too frustrating. Uh, yeah. All right, so I, I, that closes out our technology section. Uh, and uh, we do have some ISIS things that we need to get into. We also have some Ebola ISIL. things. Right, thank you. Before we do that, can we just shake off all this negative stuff with, uh, uh, with you know, I know you, you don't talk to Clinton uh, much these days because they're, they're, both of them are very busy. Well, he's gearing up for the right. first man campaign. Of course. So uh, I don't know if you got to see this since you haven't talked to them as much, but uh, Clinton ran into a little bit of trouble. Clinton was in San Diego Sunday to speak to a group of doctors. A heckler with a bullhorn tried to drown her out. In 1995, uh, health <laughs> millions of our children at risk. By coincidence, the former Secretary of State was talking about early language development. You know, there are some people who miss important developmental stages. <laughs> <laughs> Good for the former Secretary of State. Yeah. It's an important subject for a new grandmother. I know. <laughs> Did I make you feel better, Chase? <laughs> Maybe instead of like, you know, man, that that person was really, really angry. You know, let's let's see if we can get some assistance. Let's let's make fun of them. Uh, we do have a little Snowden news. Uh, also, uh, there's a clip. I. I don't really want to play much of it. I want to play a little bit of it because it's something that's been driving me really crazy. And I, I don't. And I, I talked to you. I can't remember if I talked to you on air or off air. But do you remember we were talking about? And I said one of the things when I first started doing this show is every time I'd watch a clip, I'd write down everybody's name in the clip, and then I would go Google, and I would always find that they would they would introduce the person as well, this is a former general, and then I'd go Google their name, and yeah. they would be like, they would be like, they would have like an active seat on the board of Raytheon and, and oh, things like yep, that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you would always... What would you always say, Chase? You would always say... Show me the money! So, uh, but the thing is, is then as I started collecting more clips, it just became impractical to do that for every person in these right. clips. Yeah. But one of the things I've continued to notice as I've watched all of this lead up to going back into Iraq and, and yeah. going into Syria is there was a definite point a couple of months ago where... It really just became people that were coming on to be experts on the media were people that were directly making money off the war. Like, and so uh, this this Rush Today clip gets a little bit into that. I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's just too dry, but it really drives a point home that's been bothering me that I haven't been able to put into words very well. So how is media covering the ISIS story? Is the U.S. mainstream media selling the public on this war through fear and a parade of terrorist organizations from ISIS to Khorasan to Al-Qaeda? Take a look at how the media, in part, is framing the story. The group's mysterious leader is a man known as Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Uh, he is so elusive that we only have a couple of grainy photographs of him. The fear is U.S. and European passport holders could more easily smuggle explosives onto airplanes. Should Americans and other Westerners be more worried now about traveling to more and more places? Officials say al-Qaeda and its affiliates are still intent on targeting U.S. flights. Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula and Yemen is constantly creating easily concealed bombs that could be carried onto a plane, according to officials. 
To talk more about the media coverage, I was joined earlier by Medea Benjamin, co-founder of Code Pink, and RT producer Tyrell Ventura. I first asked them why the nation has so quickly turned for the war against ISIS and how much the mainstream media has to do with it. The media is so inter intertwined within our lives right now, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, looking at your phone or on TV and they're kind of, if, if the media decides to push an agenda or, or push a certain viewpoint, uh, that's all you're going to see and then you're going to get besieged by it. What's interesting to me about this particular kind of jump in poll numbers is that, you know, a year ago when there was a kind of a big push to, to drop bombs on Syria again to right. remove Assad, uh, you had a lot more alternative media stepping up saying, no, this is wrong, this is, you know, they're not, these the facts aren't right, we shouldn't be getting involved. You know, I want to stop right there. That's something I've definitely, 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 definitely noticed is all of the alternative media that was really against like uh, going into Syria originally and, and, and yeah. it was debunking Syria as chemical weapon attacks and things like that. They're all in on the ISIS stuff. Like there's not yeah. as much, uh, there seems to be more alignment there uh, because, you know, there really is a bunch of uh, psychopaths over there killing people. Uh, but uh, one of the things that I think has really been underscored and they go into it more in that clip. So if, you have, if you're a supporter, grab it. They talk about how it's just person after person after person they bring on has ties with the defense industry. But the way they introduce them is so if, if the person that comes on at some point had a position in the military or was a government official, they'll introduce them as, you know, the former general in Iraq. Right. And, or but, former secretary, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they whatever, won't say right. yeah. currently on the board of insert your favorite defense contractor here yeah. or you know whatever they 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 don't they yeah. it's they like do a very respectful introduction well then why is it is it is it because people are lazy that they don't realize that the the talking heads on television or i should say on the major news networks they're really just promoting the cause so they get it obviously more money in their pocketbooks why like, don't people do that research i think it's you know i think what it is uh, uh people get these they get these talking points and then they they adopt them as their own their own thoughts on this and then they parrot them to each other and uh you know i i think what happens is people start just start becoming self-selecting about the information they take in about this well you know you've heard of the story of the boy who cried wolf yeah I mean, it really feels like to me, if they continue down this path of just continuing hype, 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 and fear, 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 eventually people are just going to be like, you know, I'm good. You'd think so. I would, I mean, I think, I, I mean, we were just talking earlier today. I think the only reason why you would even brush that, bring that up as an argument is because you probably don't cle clearly remember the Red Scare. Like, this isn't the first time they've been freaking the public out. Oh no! For you know, I mean, this is this is something they do. But but it's one of those things where even for us, when we cover these things, it's the same old grind of yeah. of the the media pushing right. that. It seems agenda. very formulaic. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, let's keep doing. It's working. Let's keep keep the motion going because I, we're getting people watching. People are hooked. They're hooked. I know we're going to talk about I Ebola, it, it but they're only, hooked. It only works if you don't follow it really super closely. When you start following it closely and then fact-checking, it really falls apart. Hell, we, we have Wolf Blitzer for a reason, <laughs> yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I, I know. mean, I mean, no, but it's... <sighs> It's one of those things where, yeah, uh, you know, people want to follow uh, a narrative and a story that they feel close to the line to. They don't want to do the research. They yeah. they just want it spoon fed to them, and 
You know, like the fr- you know, like the first thing I do, like for example, kind of a little of a side story, like someone posts on Facebook a story that you know is totally bogus, but they completely bought into it. Yeah. First thing you know, I do is got, I go to Snopes and I fact check, see if yeah. what they're re- re- regurgitating a well, meme. Why uh, are people just so? It's. I feel like I feel like I feel like the reason why I'm not giving you a good answer because I think it's like we could dedicate an entire show just yeah. to this because. Uh, I think it's it's a very sophisticated system. It, it gets it is it is a ramp up. It, it brings in what they do is they rely on experts that you trust at some point. They'll 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 reach out to community members. They'll reach out to religious uh, yeah. leaders. They reach out to political leaders and uh, military leaders, and they get them all talking about the same thing. Everybody's going on the same message. It's. I really think it's a whole episode. In fact, maybe it's something worth digging into into a future episode. I I don't know because it, it also it involves like uh, going back to foundations and NGOs and think tanks and where the where the where a lot of this stuff originates at. And yeah. it's it's a it's a pretty sophisticated operation. Well, I mean, obviously they wouldn't be doing these kind of news reports. They wouldn't be pushing these agendas if they weren't making the money yeah. to do so. And it's that cycle where. You know, when you support a show like us on, you know, patreon.com slash unfilter, you know, we really, really try. I mean, Chris puts in loads of work to try to dissect and actually come out, try to come out with all angles. I mean, we get we we get the hate mail like, oh, you guys play too much RT. Oh, you play too much CNN. Oh, you play too much Fox News. It's like, hello, if you've watched the entire catalog of the things that we've done... Guess what? Fox News alert. It's all balanced. Yeah. <laughs> At least we try to anyway. I wonder. Uh, so we're, what I think we're going to I think the major narrative of today's episode is going to be sort of establishing how they're ratcheting it up. And, you know, you've asked how how do why do people buy into it? And I think what we're going to see today in yeah. today's episode is it's it's this new sort of. Keep men- it's like it, it comes in waves. First waves, it's th- this is the main thing everybody needs to think about. Last week, we talked about how, okay, now we need to do boots on the ground. This week, it's boots on the ground, but there's also something new that's really being sort of keep pushing it, keep pushing it. Yeah. And I got links in the show notes that are going to kind of cover and back up some with data with some of what we're going to talk about. So we're going to yeah. get into all that. All right. But first, a little Snowden chat. Hey, what's he been up to, my uh, good friend? Uh, so uh, I have links in the show notes. Turns out, remember his? Do you remember his girlfriend, the uh, ballerina? Yeah, she's pretty cute. She is living with him in Russia, and we find out about this through a new film that comes out, uh, I believe, on October twenty fourth, and it's called Citizen Four. It is Laura Poitras's. If you recall, she's been there from the beginning, recording Snowden through all of this. Oh, that's right. So I got the trailer. Do you want to see it? Totally. For, all right. All right. Yeah. We'll play this. We'll play, well. This is right here. The trailer for Citizen Four, the new Snowden movie that is supposed to be in theaters October twenty fourth. This is an unfiltered exclusive. We have the trailer in the show notes as well. Yeah, unfiltered exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally. Laura. At this stage, I can offer nothing more than my word. I am a senior government employee in the intelligence community. I hope you understand that contacting you is extremely high risk. For now, know that every border you cross, every purchase you make, every call you dial, every cell phone tower you pass, friend you keep, site you visit, and subject line you type is in the hands of a system whose reach is unlimited, but whose safeguards are not. In the end, if you publish the source material, I will likely be immediately implicated. I ask only that you ensure this information makes it home to the American public. Thank you, and be careful. Citizen 4. 
So I don't know anything about you. Okay. Um, I work for. Uh, sorry, I don't know who you mean. Oh, sorry. I. Uh, my name is Edward Snowden. Uh, I go by Ed. Um, Edward Joseph Snowden's the full name. Kind of want to see that. What do you think? I think we're going to be doing unfilter on the road here, Priest. <laughs> I want to see that. I, I think I'm going to be in Ohio the day it comes out. But when I get back, I want to. I think I want to grab that. I think, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, Looks pretty intense. Looks really intense. So we've got there. The Guardian has a review up, which, as you might expect, is pretty glowing. I have that linked in the show notes as well as info about Snowden living with his girl now. Uh, if anybody wants to see how. You well, remember she, her. Yeah. When you search for Edward Snowden, like that's the second most common search for him is pictures of his girl. Yep, there she is, you guys. So uh, she's looking right at you with her beautiful blue eyes. There I'm trying go. to remember. I had a few other things I wanted to get to, but I think we should probably move on to Ebola because we're kind of taking... Wait, wait, wait. What? Ebola? Ebola. What is that? Ebola. Is that a virus? Nope. Oh. It is a uh, Malware. holodeck character where Data's face is on everybody. Hold on. Computer Arch. <laughs> yeah, Computer Arch. Uh, uh, so let's see. Where do we start? I, I got all kinds of things to cover about this, but uh, let's start fr- where I always love to start: the the, the troops, the troops. Chase, uh, yes. as uh, we get closer, the U.S. of course is ramping up its response to the Ebola outbreak because we haven't been so far. Overseas, the U.S. is ramping up its assistance in West Africa. Over four thousand people have died in Guinea, Sierra Leone. In Liberia, Deborah Pata is in the Liberian capital of Monrovia. As Ebola continues its deadly march across the region here, the American military and other Western health workers continue to trickle in real boots on the ground. Last week, another okay, we got boots on the ground. So the Ebola situation. God, I'm tired of that term. So we got boots. Tired on the of that term. Boots on the ground, Chase. Uh, the Ebola situation is worse than ever, as he just said. And uh, this is actually great. Uh, this is uh, CBS News got an interview with the guy who was running this on the ground in Africa. And I want you to very carefully parse with me. Uh, he's going to lay out the military's role in fighting Ebola. Okay, and we're going to get to that in a moment. Group of soldiers arrived in Monrovia. They are being deployed around the country by General Daryl Williams. President Obama's point man charged with coordinating the operation. All right, so this is the guy. This is the guy. The man. Operating from an emergency command post at a beachfront hotel ballroom, the general told me it would take a team effort to resolve the crisis. Okay, so a team effort. Now, you think when he says a team effort, that means a team of military personnel? What do you think, Doctors, okay. researchers, so, locals on the ground. All right, so so far, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear any soldiers in your... No, I mean, why? Why would I mean? Why maybe the maybe the soldiers are there to help right. build some of the infrastructure. I'm, you know what? You're probably right. Yes, yes. Yeah. And in fact, I think that's it. Okay. The U.S. military is not here to solve Ebola. Uh, the CDC, AID, the leadership provided the government library, the U.S. embassy here, all the folks that I mentioned. That team of teams is what's going to help stop Ebola or contribute to stopping Ebola. So, not the U.S. military. No. Not the U.S. military. So, well, yeah, they're right, there for right. logistical okay. support. All right, very good. So then it's a good thing the Pentagon just got a whole bunch of more In funding. Washington, <laughs> the Pentagon won its request to immediately shift $750 million in war funds to fight the disease at its epicenter. Republican Senator James Inhofe was the last holdout. 
But in a statement, Inhofe said, after careful consideration, I believe that the outbreak has reached a point that the only organization in the world able to provide the capabilities and speed necessary to respond to this crisis is the U.S. military. The funding will cover a six-month mission to deploy up to 4,000 troops in West Africa, ultimately building 17 treatment facilities with 100 beds each. So there you go. So there's there's the actual practical work they're going to do, 4,000 troops. All right. I'm sorry. This is a stupid question. I'm okay, going to throw what, it out here anyway. Matter, Jason? No, what is it? Why? It, it, we, we throw, what, billions of dollars into Iraq to independent contractors to build like lavish embassies. We've seen them. We've shown the pictures on this show. Why do we have to send our troops to do this when it couldn't be outsourced to, uh, you know, an you heard contract? them. Nobody else, nobody else, but the U S military, you heard the guy, nobody else, but the U S military can build uh, tents. That's, that's bull crap. Sorry. Yeah. All I mean, right. I mean, okay. th- 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 this is a rouge. By the way, this is a rouge to get more military funding to the military industrial complex and our military. I think it's. I think it's. To, I think it's to get us on in on. Af- it's to get us down in Africa. Is but what it is. aren't we? Weren't we already there? Yeah, but every time there's a disaster, we find another reason to send another four thousand troops. Is is this? Um, ah, I got it. This is us butting up against China. Well, and, ev- and everybody else is down there, too. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so uh, now let's uh, let's bring it home. Let's bring it home because we're starting to get freaked out here at home about Ebola, of course. As What's uh, that? Yeah, we've got to get freaked out about Ebola. I'm sorry. More people die of the flu. What? No, uh, Ebola, Chase. No. We're deeply concerned by the news that a healthcare worker in Texas has tested preliminarily, preliminarily positive for infection with Ebola virus. So this news has gotten CNN into a full froth. Uh, Aaron Burnett was on there asking, like, how could this happen? How could we have another right. person yeah. get infected? Yeah. So now Obama, he's going to go strong. He's announcing a SWAT team response. <laughs> First of all, uh, what I've directed the CDC to do yeah. uh, is that as soon as somebody is diagnosed with Ebola, we want a rapid response team, a SWAT team, essentially, from the CDC to be on the ground as quickly as possible. I don't. I don't like using the term SWAT. SWAT. I don't. I don't like this at all. I, I feel like this is. Uh, I feel Why like can't they just come up with like a, 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 of a, a quick thing. response team? Call it a yeah. QRT. Yeah. yeah. Done. Um, uh, or yeah, a med team. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things is the Obama administration has really been struggling this week to try to reframe the way everybody's looking at their handling of the situation. So now they're trying to really put out to the public, we're on top of this problem. You can count on the White House. We're managing the situation. Ebola is just the latest test of government competence for President Obama, one he vows his administration will pass. We are monitoring, supervising, overseeing uh, in a much more aggressive way exactly what's taking place. But White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest was peppered with questions about the government's performance, specifically whether the CDC dropped the ball. Yes. I think it's appropriate for you to describe the president is very concerned about this situation. And who's in charge? Is it the president's advisor, Lisa Monaco, who was tapped to coordinate the response? So she's not overseeing... Well, she's not overseeing the construction of Ebola transmission units in West Africa. You seem to be reluctant to say who's in charge of the federal response to Ebola. Jim, I think that I'm uh, reciting very clearly to you who specifically is responsible for which activities when it comes to this government's tenacious response to Ebola. Earlier this <laughs> tenacious response. Tenacious. <laughs> That's not a talking. But point. I mean, the worst thing is they knew about this 
way in advance. This is not like this crept up yeah. on them. Yeah, actually, there's documentation showing that they were they were looking for contracts to start making uh, the uh, uh, Z map back in like April. Yeah. I yeah. think it was. Yeah. So it's not like this. Like, oh my god, what we're we gonna do? I mean, it's like right, right. We knew about this. Uh, so uh, there you go. So that I, I I do have I have I think I have maybe one more Ebola clip, but I think we probably made our point. Do you have anything well, you want to talk about? I, I, the only, the only, just, the only bit know. of ba- bacon. And it's a little bit of a bacon. Oh, I actually have some. Nope, those are crickets. Let me put the crickets away. <laughs> Hold on, let me get out the bacon. That's why. There we go. Here's where's, the bacon. where's this bacon from? Oh, Chase, this bacon's actually just from the local Safeway. Oh no, it's delicious bacon, nice and thick, lots of extra fat. Let me tell you something. You okay. want more white than you want pink in your bacon. Fair enough. And moving on. Um, you heard about the the lady that was uh, was it a lady? I think that was on that uh, Frontier flight. And a day before, and today she was just diagnosed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Is this the government uh, possibly trying to ramp up? Oh, we need to do more. We need to do more screenings at all airports. We need to do health screenings. We need to, you know, monitor and profile. I just don't get that. No, I just get. It just sounds like general incompetence. Well, well, the first thing I heard is when the the five airports were selected for enhanced screening. Yeah. It's like why those five, and they were all on the east coast. Well, East Coast is the most important coast, uh, if you ask the White House, I assume. I, I, go, I don't get the sense that there's – I just uh, – in fact, I think I think one of the reasons the Obama administration was caught flat-footed is they didn't expect the panic to be as dramatic as it was. We're talking a couple of cases. I you mean, mean, you mean we are the they biggest, didn't expect the news cycle to pick up on right. this and really push it? We are the biggest bunch of pathetic assholes. The, the country of the bold and the brave, my butthole. It, 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 it frustrates me to hear about Ebola. When we have over 600 people per day dying of heart disease, we have oh yeah, X or, amount of people yeah. dying from car accidents right. and right. and and thi- and here's the, I mean the, the ironic thing is there are so many things that we can do about heart disease right now, like right now there are preventive measures that we can take uh, to solve heart disease. Chase, you're hitting the table a lot. I'm sorry, it, but it frustrates me that you know people are in a panic about Ebola, but then. Ebola. But then people decide they don't want to get a flu shot. Right. I mean, it, it just, it's like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I'd like to get the audience to send us in their feedback on this because I, I really, uh, you know, I feel like this show these last couple of weeks has talked a lot about ISIS and Ebola. And, uh, you know, that is the nature. We're covering what's developing, that we're documenting it from. It know, makes it harder is, us to find the, the real dirt of stories because there's so much noise yeah, of Ebola yeah. and, and ISIS. Well, and, and, ISIL. Right. This to me, to what, what I feel like this show is documenting uh, while we go through this cycle in the news, which. By the way, uh, Red Book Prediction. We write this down while I, while I yeah, talk sure, about it. Yeah, sure. Go for it, buddy. My Red Book Prediction is that uh, the Ebola stuff will be completely wrapped up uh, as far as U.S. scare concerns solidly by Thanksgiving. What? <laughs> no way. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Ebola wrap yeah. wrapped by Turkey Day. I know. It sounds ridiculous. It's, but no, by, by Turkey Day. And, if, and uh, no absolutely put a pin in it. We're not even talking about it by Christmas. No, no way. Yeah, no, it'll still be going on in Africa. Oh, oh I know that, but yeah. no, no way. Really, you don't no. think so? Oh, I tell I, you what, I, I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go the other way. I, I think, I think we're going to get get more cases. We're going to get, uh, we're going to get. Uh, 
I guarantee that Halloween, which is on a Friday this year, we're going to see so many people oh, dressed up in hazmat, what a great uh, hazmat costumes. Yeah, I wonder if they can keep it rolling that long. Oh yeah, it'd be a masterpiece. Well, you it's know, only a couple weeks, few weeks. So that's how I see this show: is we're documenting this as as we go through this process, and uh, this these these series of episodes will be a people's history of this ridiculousness. And uh, either way it goes, if we all end up with a bolo or not. And so there you go. Are you? Did you? You got it in the? You're going to show it to the oh, people. I'm going to show it. To them. Okay. There you go. There's the red red, red book prediction right there. there. Now turn around so they can see it's actually a red book, even though we have blue lights on. Yeah, it's a, it's a red book. It, it, it is a red it is, book. You guys, right there, you yeah. can see it. I don't think they can hear you. Up. Yeah. Well, they can read it. Okay, they can. Well, most of them are listening, dude. It's it's you know theater of the mind here. Anyway, they can read it in their mind. So. Uh, well, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I, you know, I I just to me, I'm still not worrying about it. I'm not worrying about it even a teeny tiny itsy bitsy bit. I have I have three young children, right? Uh, and I'm still not worried about it. I'm more worried about uh, the seasonal flu than I am worried about Ebola. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, all right. So moving on, uh, let's talk about ISIS. A lot ISIL. Of- a lot has happened in terms of theater. So we got to make a good show. So Obama's been going down to the Pentagon. He's been having meetings. He's been having his quote unquote uh, coalition fly in and meet with him. And they've been having quote unquote sessions at the Pentagon. A lot of stuff is mostly just the same stuff. But Today, President Obama Pentagon. told U.S. allies to expect a long term campaign. Against- oh, 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 yeah. We, we've been getting a lot of this. Uh, um, I got, I got I got a few of these in the overtime folder. Uh, Panetta, he was uh, out again saying a thirty year war. Obama's been saying it's again? a long war. Yeah, again this week with so, the thirty so, so, year war. So obviously they're setting up the narrative uh, for us to be there. Just let's hang in tight because it's going to be a long time. We're staying the course. We yes, got to pay these military industrial complex White House companies. Well, yeah, I, and, and I think really it's it's sort of it's sort of like we're sort of telecasting to the rest of the world that the United States plans to do this for a long time. So get out of our way. Major Garrett. Bring us so this is this is the this is the meeting spot uh, that he has there at the Pentagon, uh, and uh, there's Dempsey off to the right. And uh, whenever Dempsey is near Obama, he looks like he hates him. <laughs> he really Dempsey really like you know in terms of usually people pay the president a lot of reverence, like they're they are nearly they're they're around somebody you know of re- they just are so respectful. Yeah, like just to be in their presence is kind of almost a treat. Right. This, I mean, regardless of the president. He does yeah. not give me that. And there's, again, in the overtime folder, there's several where he's just kind of, when Obama's talking, sometimes he's just looking over at Obama like, what are you saying? What are you saying? President Obama summoned defense ministers from 21 countries to Andrews Air Base outside of Washington today, but emerged with no new strategy to fight ISIS, also known as ISIL. As with any military effort, uh, there will be days of progress and there are going to be periods of setback. So we are united in our goal to degrade and ultimately destroy ISIL. It's hard to find evidence either is happening. And privately, senior officials have begun to downplay destroying ISIS and instead talk about merely disrupting the terror group. Now, I want to note what we're talking about here after a solid month of these air campaigns. Yeah. Keeping it under siege from the air until Iraqi and Syrian ground forces can reverse the tide. The White House points to the disruption of the siege of Sinjar Mountain in Iraq as evidence the airstrikes are working. As for training a ground force of moderate Syrian rebels as of last week, recruitment had not even begun. So you can kind of get an idea, though, what the what 
what the Obama strategy kind of is. It's being laid out. The strategy is we're trying to do airstrikes for as long as possible to give a chance for the Iraq army and for the moderate, quote-unquote, Syrian rebels to organize, and we'll supply them support. And to that end, like, there was something, there was a recent, there was a recent, uh, I think we'll get to a clip of it, where we just sent in some helicopters, just go kill some guys real quick, because they're getting a little too close, and the troops down there weren't taking care of it, so we went in and just did the dirty work and took a machine gun to the guy. Uh, and so it's sort of like we're trying to play Air Force to ground forces that don't exist. On And so you can see why you do need to have a ground component there. Yeah. The one thing I don't understand is why we're not talking about the very large population of contractors that are there. And there is a clip, I think, where I believe we're going to play soon, where she calls them security forces. Oh. So it's like the first time I've actually even heard them acknowledge that there are contractors working with the Iraqi army. And she calls them security, uh, something about like security forces working with the Iraqi army, or, or paramilitaries, which is, that's what she said, right. paramilitaries. Yeah. Former State Department official Fred Hoff advised the president on Syria and ISIS. Is the administration's strategy in Iraq and Syria, by any objective measurement, working? It's too early to tell, but uh, certainly if we were to expect uh, early decisive results on the ground, uh, no, it's not working. But without a ground component, uh, this is going to be an exercise in futility. The defense minister has agreed ISIS is gaining ground and winning the propaganda war. But say- What does that mean, winning the propaganda war? Yeah. This, this entire thing is a war of propaganda primarily manufactured by the West. How, how can yeah, they be winning both the propaganda? Both sides. And by the way, by the way, over there, they're not even called ISIS. They're called like a lot of different things. But in Iraq, they're called Daesh or Daesh, D-A-A-S-H or something like that. Really? I didn't they're not even, even that. called ISIS. So when they say ISIS is winning the propaganda war, the very ISIL name Chris. is is prop is Western propaganda. The yeah. very name, yeah. and, but yet they're winning the propaganda war. I just I love that. Uh, may, you know, you can always rely on Major for Thanks, a great Major one. Garrett. Uh, so, but uh, Senator McCain also is out saying, you know what? Not enough. ISIS is Wait, winning. Let me get you back to uh, something that you and I have talked about before, and that is this war on ISIS. Uh, we see territory, Kurdish territory in Syria. Uh, that seems in danger of falling to ISIS. We now see Anbar province, which is, seems to be just one city or so away from being taken over by ISIS. And this is despite two months' worth of U.S. or U.S.-led airstrikes. So that graphic shows you uh, some areas that are currently under control by ISIS. And so the, one of those red dots is supposedly eight miles out of Baghdad. Now, the possibility that Baghdad's going to fall is pretty small, but of course, because they're getting close... Everybody's freaking out. Now, when I said they sent in a Apache uh, helicopter, mm-hmm. that was when there was some guy in a truck that was getting close you, to Baghdad. You, you know what I see on this map here, you know, with all the dots that are under ISIS, ISIL control? It, it looks like they're just, you know, just going off the main freeway. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like— It's funny. It's just right down the border like that. Yeah. I mean, do you ever notice that, though? It's like, you know, the line that comes down and towards Baghdad. It just looks like it's just off some major highways. They're just using major highways to— yeah. Like you would think that'd be easy to disrupt, but what do I know? I'm I'm sitting here and talking in front of a microphone, right? Of course, remember that's silly. Yeah, I mean I'm just, just sitting here. I'm just, so, what is next in this? Uh, kind of like Candy's just sitting there right now. See how she's just kind of sitting there right now, right. trying to come up with a question, right? Especially with that look on her face. She's like, "So, what's next in this uh, train river?" Thanks, Eric. What's next in this horrible train wreck? What's 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 next? Uh, 
activity against ISIS, whether you, I know you want to call it a war, what, whatever you want to call it, what does the U.S. do next? First of all, uh, they're, they're winning and we're not. Oh, my, my VLC is not cooperating. Uh, there the we go. The Iraqis are not winning. The Peshmerga, the Kurds are not winning. Uh, and there's a lot of aspects of this, but there has to be a fundamental reevaluation of what we're doing because we are not, not, we're not degrading and ultimately destroying ISIS. Uh, I don't believe that ISIS will take Baghdad, but I think they can take the airport, and that is crippling. And I also think that they can infiltrate into Baghdad uh, with explosives, suicide bombings, etc. They can really dislocate. Well, first thing you got to do is recognize that this present uh, uh, pinprick bombing is not working. Second of all, you need some more boots on the ground and form, in the form of forward air controllers, uh, special forces, and other people uh, like that. You have to arm the Peshmerga who are using old weapons that are Russian vintage. But Get these people guns. What I love, though, is he says they're using old Russian vintage weapons, unlike ISIS, who's using whose weapons? Uh, against ISIS, who's using ours. Uh, what? I'm sorry. What was that? Wait, wait. What, what, did, you, what did you just say <laughs> yeah, there? No, that's what he said. Uh, you have to... Um, do I believe now of course he's just playing the narrative that oh well you remember we uh, remember how we had these caches that got yeah, taken over yeah, yeah. anyways so that's McCain all questioning the strategy saying that you know these pinpricks doesn't work and of course it doesn't work because these are not like I said when when I said two months ago these are not groups of armies stationed in buildings where they have operation centers. These are individuals. These are locals that are spread out in the towns and in would the homes. Would you call them affiliates, Chris? <laughs> I would call them just <laughs> like they're everybody. Like when they say they blend with the public, it's because they are. You can't bomb yeah. them because they're not one cohesive. They don't have like they don't have like a club house that they all go hang out at. Right. So what are you shooting missiles at? You're shooting missiles at empty buildings that have one or two guys in them. Yep. Of course it doesn't work. No, no, no. I mean, the the only way that this this counterattack is going to work is with a comprehensive plan. It's like if you flash back to World War II, Chris, you remember World War II. You, know, oh, you yeah. played a lot of Call of Duty. Oh, I'm uh, actually uh, 270 years old, so I remember pretty well, Chase. Right, fair fair enough. Well. So you remember back in the day, uh, you know, when we decided to enter into World War II, mm-hmm. do we just uh, send uh, boots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we yep. we didn't just do boots. No, we, we in we, fact uh, we, we did boots. We did boats. We did no, planes. That's actually that's actually a conspiracy. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, we used uh, an earthquake machine and we destroyed Hitler with an earthquake generating machine, Chase. And uh, just I thought it was op- a Tesla coil. Just opened up a crack in the Chris. Ground. Chris, what do you? You're playing Command and Conquer. Stop <laughs> it! Stop it, Chris. All right, where where are you going? What's your point? No, my my, my point is, it's going to take a comprehensive yeah. attack. I know. If we're and, going to get rid of this. And the, here's, yes, uh, and here's here's the sad part, is we what we are doing now is you can see now we're trying to build American support for this. Right. And so now what we're build doing is we're starting to tie all of these things together. They're dropping so, hints. like, uh, we're getting, like, connections of, of old WMDs in Iraq, and we're also now getting some backstories about why these guys in ISIS are so, so bad. Yeah. As ISIS wages war in Iraq, one U.S. war vet sees the brutal conflict unlike any other. It is frustrating to, to open up uh, you know, stories on, on CNN and see uh, pictures of those that we had in, in detainment. Andrew Thompson says he was face-to-face with current ISIS members when they were in U.S. custody during the Iraq war. His job was to gather intelligence on the prison population. 
He says despite the soldiers' best efforts, the camps became a breeding ground for what we now know as ISIS. So uh, what's the narrative we're building here, Chase? Well, what are we building here about? What's the narrative about the ISIS guys that we're building here? Oh, bad, evil, terrible. Uh, can I give you what I think? Because th- the way this manipulation works is by having you draw your own conclusions, not by telling you. Right. So what they're actually telling you isn't the conclusion they want you to come to. What they're telling oh, you okay. is the dots that you will then draw the connection. Because when you draw that own your own connection, you internalize that decision, and it then therefore becomes a belief, not just something you've been told. So that's this is this is how really good media mani- manipulation works. Makes and sense. so what they're doing is they're telling you. This the, the sub story here is our original mission in Iraq was good because we were rounding these guys up. We had it right all along. We had these guys in prison. When we were over there running these camps, when we were collecting these guys, we were getting the bad guys and we rounded them up. And you know how we can show, tell you that now? Now looking back, we were they were such bad guys that once we left and they got out, they went and created ISIS. But if we had stayed there, we would have had those guys in jail. We were over there getting these bad guys. This shows you how we were getting bad guys. Space mm-hmm. was of a premium and we simply could not separate everybody. Uh, We knew that there was going to be extremists uh, within the moderate compounds. The extremists, he says, were in control, spreading the radical message to anyone who would listen and intimidating those who wouldn't. So you get this nice, scary, like ISIS is run by prison inmates. Yeah. Ones that we rounded up because we were over in Iraq originally doing good work. So evil. Right? Yeah. And then, so that's part one of the message. Okay. Now here's part two, this ISIS training video that was released this week. Did you see this? No. This is, this is great. No, this, I haven't. Recruits crawl through simulated barbed wire with trainers firing at them. Now remember, we don't have any boots on the ground. So as you're watching this, keep in mind they're not, they're not really engaging in a lot of ground combat because they're using, like, automatic weapons. and Right. Okay. Yeah. They line up to have their torsos kicked. The last man gets the honor of a knee to the body. A fighter drags a cloth mat with a rope fastened to it to rescue a wounded comrade. As they're pulled away, they're fired at. This is the latest ISIS propaganda, a video called Blood of Jihad. I, I agree it's propaganda. I'm not so sure it's ISIS's propaganda. Showing fighters in basic training. Is this anything that they would use in Anbar right now, anywhere on the battlefield? Almost never. This type of hand-to-hand fighting with automatic weapons, mortars, artillery vehicles almost never really occurs. Throughout this entire video, what you have is a stage set of exercises. You look at them, and this really isn't a training exercise. It's a video exercise. It's propaganda. Exactly. So uh, there's Super the... Ding. Uh, yeah. So, okay. All right. So you're like, okay, great. So okay. CNN right there on air has called it propaganda. Yeah. They probably will just drop it at that. Nope. They use B-roll from that training video through the rest of their ISIS. Oh, my they, God. They refer to it when Barbara Starr is doing her report. Uh, and so then you bring it all together with a new meme that turns out there were chemical weapons in Iraq all along. We did find them. Yeah. We just never told you about them. The United States government is accused this morning of withholding knowledge about chemical weapons inside Iraq. Now, have you heard of this? Yes, I have. Okay. A New York Times investigation finds American troops were wounded by chemical weapons during the Iraq war. The weapons were hidden or abandoned. Now, the weapons were hidden or abandoned. Remember those words. That's Charlie Rose on the CBS Morning News, okay? The Tiffany Network. Yes. The weapons were hidden or abandoned. 
Okay. Now let's go ahead and play the rest of the clip. Chase, in the show notes, uh, yeah. I have uh, some. I have a quote in there about where those weapons were at. Now the the meta narrative, even though they're going to give you the information here, and I've got links in the show notes. There was a great article on the Intercept that bears out what I'm saying here. Is now people are saying, well, look, there was chemical weapons in Iraq all along. Bush was right. David Martin is at the Pentagon with the report raising new questions. See right there, it says leftover from the Hussein regime. Now, I have tweets embedded in the show notes. I have an article in The Intercept. This is now being quoted by radio DJs all over the world, newspapers, that Saddam had WMDs all along. David, good morning. Good morning. This has to be one of the bitterest ironies of the Iraq war. Chemical weapons were discovered by American troops inside Iraq. These are not the chemical weapons the U.S. went to war over, but old discarded weapons uh, that Iraq had manufactured with help from Western countries, including the U.S. Yeah, these are chemical weapons that we helped supply them Yeah, uh, during its war with Iran in the 1980s. The Pentagon has previously acknowledged that some caches of these old weapons were found, but the New York Times has identified 17 soldiers who were exposed uh, to the weapons. Uh, They consisted of uh, the nerve agent sarin and the burning agent mustard gas. The soldiers are quoted by the Times as saying they were told to keep their discovery secret and as a result did not receive proper medical care and did not receive the Purple Heart, which goes to soldiers who are wounded on the battlefield. One former sergeant is quoted by the Times as saying, I felt more like a guinea pig than a wounded soldier. And to add insult to injury, some of the shells were discovered in territory now controlled by the terrorist group ISIS. Ah, Although there it's not it is. clear whether they could actually still use those weapons in the, this latest battle for Iraq. And they've had the, they've been in that area since July. So there's an, yeah. ar- uh, an article I have in there where it outlines we knew all along where these chemical weapons are because the, where those chemical weapons were at, they were put there by direction of the UN. So the fact that we quote unquote didn't know where they were at or there was accidental exposure or that they were left behind by the Saddam Hussein regime is kind of crap because he put them exactly where we told him to put them because there was a certain amount that they just were going to leave there to rot intentionally. And I've got links to that information in the show notes. Chase is showing some of that right now. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Uh, so, but no, 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 does it not matter? Does not matter at all. Now it's been linked. Now ISIS has chemical weapons. Uh, Bush was right all along. Iraq was always a problem. Obama was a dummy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's all been set up. It's all been linked. And of course, now that you've built this whole freaking narrative, there's a whole new poll out, and the results suck. I hate polls. In our new NBC Wall Street Journal poll, 41% of Americans now think we need troops on the ground to defeat ISIS. Can you believe that? 41% now think troops on the ground. Now, here's the other part. And, that, and I, the survey is linked in the show notes. Uh, the other thing that's funny about it is 71% of people n- never believed Obama when he said he would never involve troops. 71% of people thought he was lying when he said that. I would love to know the exact wording of the question that they the, used. The PDF is in the show notes okay. somewhere. you got to go to the, the article, the NBC gotta, article uh, there. I got gotcha, you. But okay. it seems, it, you know what? Seems I'm, legit. Well, no. I, no, I take no. all these polls and together, you know what? They all are saying the same thing. They really, Even RT's polls are showing public opinion is way up for this. 
because they're it, they're, well, they're they, building well, this. Yeah, scare, uh, they've been building the narrative waves. for so long. In, they do yeah. it in ways. So so it's been we got to put boots on the ground now. Now this week, ISIS is super scary. ISIS is on the southern border. Well, you got the White House and the Pentagon feeding to the media that you know, hey, we need to you know show that you know this air attack's just not working. It's right. just not working. Just right. not working. Right. And, and so and, when and, and and like they do this, they do this. They act like ISIS is this huge army where they have like these these swaths of, of lines of men like from Braveheart that are approaching on cities. Like, listen to this clip. ISIS now controls 80% of Anbar province, the western approach to Baghdad. Small numbers of ISIS fighters now just eight miles outside the city, and yet another Iraqi base has fallen to ISIS control. Army Chief of Staff General Ray Odierno, who once commanded all U.S. operations in Iraq, bluntly suggests the U.S. government hasn't paid enough attention to ISIS. I will say we were a bit surprised by their capability. And there's no excuse for that. The general has a cautious view about whether the Iraqi capital will hold. I believe the capability is there to defend Baghdad. And so I I think we're somewhat confident in that. But we'll have to wait and see what plays out over the coming days. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in an interview with ABC's This Week, noting several days ago the U.S. had to send Apache helicopters after ISIS fighters when they almost made it to Baghdad International Airport. Had they overrun the Iraqi unit, it was a straight shot to the airport. So we're not going to allow that to happen. In an emergency. So we are sitting there watching, and when it gets too close for comfort, we send somebody in. It's yeah. almost like we're just kind of. You're playing command and conquer. We're sitting back on the you edge. You got the mouse. You got the mouse hovered over the airport, and then you click. Yeah, and then you send the send the units. I think that's kind of what it's like in a little bit. Anyways, more more clips in the uh, supporter sync Man. for you guys to grab. Man. I mean, yeah. we but we've called this. We 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 honestly. I mean, I, I'm going to find. I know. It. I know. I know. We called it. Well, I, we said we said uh, we said after. Uh, I think we said early 2016. But I'm, now I'm starting to think it's going to be sooner than uh, that. Oh yeah, Chase and Chris boots on the ground in Iraq. This was on a fil- unfiltered 116 uh, in early 2015. The reason why we said early 2015 is we didn't want to, we didn't think it mess was with the elections. Put, well, not only that, but put a damper on the holiday spirit. That's true. I still kind of almost stand by that. Okay. I think yeah. you know. I think what you can do is you can just wear and wear and wear and wear on this point. We're going to drag it out. Weeks. Because bit, yeah. why not get those numbers up to sixty percent? Yeah, you want to get it high. You want yeah. to get go after the midterms. Yeah. I mean, they've give some give the people something to talk about over the holiday table. I mean, Obama already said that they're not going to do a new attorney general until after the midterms anyway. Sure. So you know what? Hey, let's ramp this up. Let's get this right. going. And I think I would I would hope Obama is savvy enough that if you're going to commit boots, make that when Congress puts their name on it, yeah. right? Because yeah. right now Obama's doing all this under his own authority. Remember. This has not been approved Executive, by Congress, right? right. Yeah. But I think when you go to the level of putting some boots on that ground, I think that's when you go, all right, time to get their stamp. But he also did it the underhanded way with that Coruscant right. scam. Yeah. So he didn't have to go back and do I, renew I think authorizations. At the, end of the, day, the Coruscant stuff. group thing was just dotting the T's and crossing the I's. I don't think okay. they had to do it, but I think they just wanted right. a real solid link to Al Qaeda. So you go Coruscant group that way, you know, you're by the, by the legal definition, you're really covered. Yeah, and then you you have that continued flow of money. Yeah. And, it, right. By going under that provision, right. and, it, and it makes it yeah. easy to continue to justify yeah. renewing that. Yeah, totally. So it's it's a win win for them, and nobody's <laughs> going to question it. Nobody has questioned it, even though the Coruscant group's been called out. There's been literally zero concern in DC about it. So it goes on just fine. Nobody yeah, because cares. they they feel it's an untouchable situation for them because 
again, getting spoon-fed by the media. The propaganda keeps continuing. Yep. People are like, okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, speaking of feeling untouchable, local city councils continue to willfully ignore the choices of the people. And uh, our local city, Kent, has banned all recreational cannabis, even though it's legal in our state. Hey, good for them, though. The city of Kent has voted to permanently ban recreational marijuana businesses. Motion passes. Five to two. Tonight, the city council voted to adopt a continual ban on pot shops along with any production or processing of the drug. The city had to make a decision tonight because its moratorium on recreational pot was about to expire. Kent is the largest city in the state with a ban on recreational marijuana businesses. Yeah, don't forget, the city of Snohomish also did that, by the way, too. You want to, yeah. And, I, you know, I go back and forth on this. I'm like, good for them. That's their loss. You don't know. It, Good for them. They're not going to get any piece of the of the tax revenue. But then uh, I got two things that bother, bother me about okay, that. All right. It is ignoring the will of the voters. Yeah, yeah. Especially, in, it's funny, because some of these areas where they're doing this, they had particularly high turnouts for yes in those areas, so that's whatever. But second of all, um, I, I, I just hate seeing ignorance influence politics like this, oh, you yeah. know, because it's really yeah. coming from a place of total ignorance. Like, yeah. if you really want to if you really want to do this, well, then also ban all sale of pharmaceutical drugs and, oh, and, and alcohol, alcohol right? cigarettes. Right. Yeah. Then let's talk. Yeah. I, that's all. Do you, I think they got, I think we also have an update on the exploding pot. Uh, remember that? The yeah, pop, we talk, pop? yeah, we talked about yeah. that last week. A new recreational marijuana product is exploding, literally. A marijuana-infused soda called Legal has been <laughs> removed from three different marijuana shops. Managers at Top Shelf Cannabis say the glass bottles started exploding the night after they were delivered. Like, you could actually feel it. It was that, like, explosive. And then so I cautiously take them and put them in a little bomb box, and then they just start, you know, going off. Mirth Provisions, the Longview company that makes the pot soda, plans on giving the shops a full refund. The company says there was a problem with the yeast concentration in the drink. You know, I I, I cannot believe they have now ran three stories on those exploding pop bottles. Yeah. And if if you've ever brewed your own beer, you know it's not that impossible to blow these bottles No, up. no, no. I've, I've had friends, and they, they use these really specialized, like, uh, the, go, uh, the stopper that goes into the bottle yeah. like with yeah. braces and stuff because of the pressure yeah. of that situation. Three individual reports on the exploding pot pop bottles, Chase. You know you know what's worse than exploding, Chris? What about fire? Yeah, that is bad. Yeah, well... Is there any audio on that yet? Uh, no? Unfortunately, okay. no. All right, not fine. at this You point. can be our audio. But yeah, no, uh, this happened down in Federal Way, Washington, uh, in our great state here, where a two-alarm fire, which means you know they had to send out you know two firefighting units to this illegal uh, uh marijuana grow op uh-oh. started in a va- uh, basement of this uh, of this building next to a tattoo shop um, you know the, the the one thing that always gets me is <laughs> you know these kind of fires happen and and but then you know they have to always specify you know it's marijuana that's right, going yeah. on here and stuff and the tattoo shop owner said, oh, I heard their wiring wasn't the greatest. Like, he already knew, like, they were probably doing it. Oh, man. Uh, they actually contacted the state liquor control board uh, because people were si- – now, th- I don't know if you read this article. Did I, you read this? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay, there's one part of this that puts up a little red flag on me. Oh, yeah? And th- it was this. A spokesperson with the state liquor control board mm-hmm. says that their records show that nobody at the Federal Way address is licensed to grow recreational marijuana. 
However, the state does not have records or oversight when it comes to medical, medical. marijuana. Yeah, this is a thing that they are. And I think this is like that yeah. small little nudge to right. say, you know, we right. we, we need to uh, we need right. to know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the medical system is still better than the recreational system. Yeah. I'll, now, obviously, our state's much different than you Colorado. You know what I realized? You know what I realized is I have never been in a recreational pot shop. I. I, I should go to one. I, 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 feel I, like, I, know, I feel like I should go watch that Edward Snowden movie and go to a pot shop. You know I don't even know where they are. You know what, it's interesting. My, my wife, who's not, not really into this stuff yeah. too much, she, uh, she wanted to go to the marijuana pot shop in downtown Seattle yeah. on the day that it's open. Right, but that was crazy. But, ju- but just because of the fact that, hey, it's legal in this state, and she wanted to just exercise yeah. the freedom to walk in. Yeah, I figured that would have done. I figured I would. You know what the problem is? I'm, I never leave the studio because I'm too busy working on a filter. You Especially know. this week when it blows out all my hard drives. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more in uh, the supporter sync, including I guess like it's sort of like a uh, UK version of the Daily Show. They they flew over to Colorado and went to one of the pot shops, and it's pretty funny. I I, I really hope that at some point I hope we're, can... we're, we're going to be able to move on from this god awful topic i know and actually get into some meat and potatoes well we're still tracking as much as we can and uh i hope to have kind of things back up in the regular swing of things you know honestly i don't know i kind of i kind of get really tired of it but at the same time i try to zoom out and think about it in in a few weeks it's going to be a completely different thing we're going to be talking about and we'll look back at this and it's going to be a little interesting time the the good news is we got elections coming up in just a few weeks oh yeah and so that will that will at least push some news to the headlines you know what our our unfiltered subreddit's always a good place to kind of give us another indication of what people want to see covered unfiltered.reddit.com you guys are great over there 1,562 of you are participating in the conversation and there's some great stuff in here uh, all that fun jazz now Chris tell me you tweeted about what happened to you this morning did you did you not did you uh, not talk about it I don't think so because no, I had shows to do but you did talk about Android L and yeah. Poodle yeah a dog yeah alright well an SSL dog follow that guy on what Twitter are you on at Chris you LAS should you should try it I do the Twitter thing what no you oh you do look at yeah, that yeah and you know what I tweeted oh. out today I, I tweeted out this I, I tweeted out a picture of what of my nameplate at work boom <laughs> Newness on the Twitters. Yeah, on the also, Twitters. Also, uh, you got a website with some uh, content maybe I, I can do. Uh, I just did a uh, technology show called Geek Gamer Live. I just changed the name. Check it out. Because I can't do it every week. Also, we might move the show next week. We haven't talked Wait, about I it. I didn't get the news. I know. We'll talk about it in a little bit. G- uh, uh, go, go to jupiterbroadcasting.com/slash calendar. The only problem is because I'm flying out like the next day. You're not allowed to go to Ohio. So I don't know. We're going to have to figure out. Oh, wait. There's out. Linux Vex and Ohio. I don't know. We'll, That's fine. We'll figure something out. We might be on our regular time, too, but the calendar will have it. JBLive.tv is where you can watch it. Sounds us delicious. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next, next week. All right. Did we get any titles out of this? JBTitles.com. It's really it's it's about advancing it's about advancing the idea of uh, of getting boots on the ground, right? Making ISIS the scary boogeyman. A bull is bad. All these things. Fear, fear, fear. It's like the fear factory this week. Fear. Uh, but I'd like to have something that's not so obvious. So last you can JBTitle at sucker suckerjbtitle.com right now to vote. Or if you got a, if you got something in you, if you got something creative, bang, suggest that sucker. I, I see we uh well all right so we got here oh, wow. Murphy you better come visit then jeez we're gonna have a party 
So you're going to go dot the I in Ohio, huh? Uh, is that a euphemism or is that something to do? <laughs> well, no, it's it's uh, the uh, the Ohio State Marching Band. You know, oh. There's a tuba that comes out. I was hoping it was something you did while you were in Ohio, something dirty. It could be. The fear factor. Hmm. Too generic. Sorry. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> If we had more wolf uh, in the show, Crying Wolf Blitzer would have been great, but no. Uh, Bush was right. Wow. Iraq's chemical weapons. Wow. Wow. Wow, you guys. Wow. Iraq Contra scandal. Wow. Bush was right. Wow. Ooh. Ebola's dock squad. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, wow, militarizing the medical field. Serious. Fear factor hack drugs. Iraq scare tactics. You know, for, for me to... Uh, Iraq scare tactics is not bad. I can give that a boat. Propaganda disguised as propaganda. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, did you hear they're renaming ISIS and Archer? Yeah. It sucks. I'm very sad about that. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, my suggestion, I just threw it in there, Ebola SWAT team. I was wondering if we should have Ebola in a title. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I, I want to pull that Google juice as much as, you know, hey, if, if, we're, if uh, we have to subject uh, ourselves to the media throwing it down our throat. We haven't done an Ebola title. I know. The Ebola SWAT team. The Ebola of propaganda. Ooh! <laughs> oh, you like that? <laughs> Wait, should, do you, is that good or is there something, is there something in very, there? That's very, very meta. That's very good, man. So, so you, so you got to tell me, Chris. Hmm. Where, where's your Where's your Heil, man? What, what What's that thing uh, Well, uh, Noah sent this in for me to try out, and, uh, and I've been meaning to, so I did. I know the RE20 has the built-in pop filter. Yeah, I like yeah. that from a visual standpoint. Yeah. That's Just kind of trying it. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, because... Do you feel any differences? Uh, it has a little bit of a different... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm still kind of on the fence. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, I mean, I like the PR, but then again, you know, wouldn't be bad to try something else, I think. I feel like, you know, maybe it's okay to re- re-examine some original assumptions. Fair enough. Makes sense to me. All right, jbtitles.com, jbtitles.com. If you, guys, so, if you guys vote, you know what you get. You know what you get if you vote. You know what you get. So I have a weird situation happening, too, uh, with scheduling and stuff. Oh, so, yeah? so at some point, my schedule will go 8 to 5. Yeah, I know. It, it's it going to suck so bad. Well, jeez. Man. Chris. What? Chris. You know, it's like what regular you know, people go, work. You know, I, I keep going to the Jupiter Broadcasting website, and I go to the jobs page. <laughs> Do we have a jobs empty. page? Oh, no, okay. you don't. Okay. <laughs> All right, jbtitles.com. Let's get some boats up there, and then you know what you get. You know, you know what you get. You know you want it. But, uh, you know, one thing I like about it is I can do this, and it has less noise. That's true. I mean, and this is all for show, to the, the side part. You know, this, the, the, the ridges. There's nothing that's oh, happening yeah? there. Yeah. Oh. So, it, you know, it's but uh, what I was going to say is, so I'm a big sports ball guy, baseball. I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. I know they're playing right now at this moment. I've oh. been kind of keeping an eye I on I had game. no idea. Well, if they win this series against the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. that means they're going to go to the World Series, which, Chris, that is the championship of baseball. Okay. That is like the end of the road. Okay. Whoever wins that right. is declared the world champions right. of so baseball. Then that, that so, ergo, it's something you're supposed to care about. Well, something that, right. you know, yeah. I've, no, I've, I've been a fan. I've been I've a fan. I mean, yeah, yeah. So anyway, if they make it to that World Series. Is that going to be on a Wednesday? No, no, no. Oh. But I might fly down to San Francisco oh. and attend. Oh. All right. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, Chase. But that actually wouldn't, that would be <sighs> happening over a weekend anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do about next week, to be honest with you. Because, like, 
Like, I'm going to need Wednesday night to kind of get ready to go. Yeah. But no, I'm going to be here sense. Thursday. I'm, I'm flying out after TechSnap. But I'm just worried because Unfilter takes so much time that yeah. it's going to be like, like, I'm going to need that time to, like, pack. And well, so I don't yeah. know what to do about next week. What's Tuesday? What about Tuesday? Well, the thing is that I have two shows Tuesday. Oh, that's right. You and, do the back. And I have also, I volunteer at Dylan's school Tuesday, so I don't really have time to put a Unfilter together. School. Thing is, that's that's the real thing about unfilters has a huge prep dependency. The Ebola of propaganda is going up. The it end. almost sounds like you need some help, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I do. That would help a lot if I had somebody that would help with the clips and stuff. But then the problem is, I wouldn't know what the contents are, so I wouldn't know what, to wh- ta- what yeah. direction to take us in yeah. next. So it's like you kind of have to be the person to do the work if you're going to do the if you're going to do the if you're going to be able to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. That's why, I, like during the course of the week. You know, I'll throw you links and I'll I'll keep the pulse of what's going on, just so you know when I come into the show, I don't go like. What? So what, what's Ebola? What, a bo- Ebola? A bowling? Uh, all right, so I think we'll go with the Ebola of propaganda because it's nice and tidy. That's very good, and it's all about propaganda, and we haven't had a t- one with Ebola in it yet. Wonder what I should do for our work for that. Uh, anybody in a hazmat suit would work just fine. Yeah. Especially maybe do something from the Dallas area. You know, something the Dallas has CNN. Been. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, all right, Jeremy. You did, all right, you earned it. I think... I think did I, they earn this? I, I should, yeah, I think yeah, they I did. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I think, I did. All right, Jeremy. I'm did. dropping off laughing. This is what I'll say. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying, okay? Word. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for being here. I'm going to go put on my pants now. I have no idea what we're doing next week. Um, Follow the Twitters. Yeah, we'll try to do something. We'll try to get something figured out. Yeah. All right. Okay, you guys. I don't look. Iamcon's been drinking. Or no, that just looks like a Google URL. What the hell? Yeah, that's, that's, is that looks that? like it's a Google URL, man. I tell you what. I don't know. <laughs> that's what happens when Iamcon drinks. Is he goes and gets Google URLs. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much, and uh, maybe I'll get to see you in Ohio, too, if you're going to be at Ohio Fest. I will not be there, but remember always to have your pets spayed and neutered. Good night, everybody.